0: Now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in.
1: Hello, and welcome to another edition of Play Me or Fade Me. And thank you for joining us as always. And that's a winner. Yes, a winning day on Thursday. And oh boy, that was a lot of fun last night. My heart's still racing after that Gonzaga-UCLA game. I don't think they should play every year in the NCAA tournament. I don't know if I can handle that stress. Then earlier in the night, the Michigan State-Kansas State game was crazy as well. It was a fun night of college basketball and a good result for me here on the podcast. Let's talk about the winning card for Thursday. I said going into the card that I really liked it, and part of the reason was I agreed on the first three plays with my two good buddies, Red Rhino and Toby, and they probably win more than I do. We all agreed on Kansas State plus the one and a half. They win against Michigan State in overtime. Our best play of the day, we all like UConn, and they covered with ease against Arkansas. And then we all thought Florida Atlantic would win outright on the money line. I still grabbed the five and a half, cashed the ticket there. The only play we disagreed on, they both had UCLA. I had Gonzaga. And for once, I get the bragging rights. I get the Zags home. Then on Twitter, thank you for the votes and thank you for the winner. you back, Kansas State. We were on the table a perfect day. And in gambling, you can't get too high. You can't get too low. Today's a good day. Tomorrow could be a tough day. And I also remember last Thursday was one of the low points of my handicapping career. I went 3-13 and 13 on the opening day of the NCAA tournament. Not as embarrassing as it gets. But today, it was a new day. And I went 4-0, and and I feel a whole lot better about things. First half unders, ah, not so good there, though. Not the best night. 1-3 and three to the over, or excuse me, 1-3 and three with my unders. Everything wanted to go over on Thursday. Now for the big dance. That angle is 28-26-2. After a great run in the conference tournaments, the big dance here has been so, so, so far. It's not over yet, though. Hopefully we can still stay profitable on that angle. Then my future bets. Well, I'm very happy about the Kansas State result. I have that ticket at a plus 1,000 to advance to the final four. I'm expecting them now to be the slight favorite in the Elite Eight game. So a good hedge opportunity there for me. And then I also have the future bet on UConn plus the 400 and I'll be hedging that a little bit as well. So I like the two results with Kansas State and UConn advancing. So I'm still alive on my future bets there. Then before we get to the card for Friday, a couple quick shout outs here. Dr. Penn, thank you for the five-star review. Streamlined it is. I know that I wouldn't want to listen to me for more than 10 minutes in a day. So that's why we do it. And then uh, Loop, I probably mispronounced that, but thank you for the five-star review. That was one heck of a well-written review, by the way. The next time I'm in the doghouse with a wife, I might need to consult with you on what to say. Thank you again for the five-star. Then Rocket Morton, thank you for the five-star review. And right back at you, by the way. One of the greatest things about doing this is having interaction with people like you all over the country. And I'm still glad that you're listening to the podcast after I've talked you out of probably 10 to 15 winning bets in the last month. But uh, thank you everyone once again for the five-star reviews. But now let's get to the card for Friday. Four more games. And normally after I go 4-0, and yeah, unfortunately, I tend to go 0-4. So proceed with caution here. We start in the South region in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm going to play San Diego State plus the seven and a half over Alabama. So once again, it's not always advised to bet into the number one overall seed, but I'm going to do it. Let's recap the five conference and NCAA tournament games for Alabama. They beat a tournament team in Mississippi State by 23. They beat a tournament team in Missouri by 11. They beat a tournament team in Texas A&M by 19. Then in the tournament, they beat Texas A&M Corpus Christi by 21 in their opening game. Then they beat Maryland by 22 in the round of 32. Add in the fact that Alabama's defense ranks third in defensive efficiency, while San Diego State's offense is the second worst remaining in the tournament behind only Princeton. So I do have good reason to be concerned, but I'm playing San Diego State because of their defense. And let's use an SEC team as a measuring stick. Tennessee is extremely good defensively. The Vols held SEC opponents to 92.6 points per 100 possessions this season. Over the last six games, the Aztecs have actually held opponents to just 85 points over the last 100 possessions. So I highlight that since Tennessee beat Alabama in their only meeting, 68 to 59. I'm playing with fire. I could absolutely get routed. But getting 7.5 with a top-tier defense, I'm going for the gold. Give me the Aztecs, plus the 7.5 over the Crimson Tide. Next up, we go to the Midwest region in Kansas City, Missouri. I'm playing Miami, plus the 7.5 over Houston. So I'm tempted to get up early in the morning, hop in the car, and make the drive to Kansas City for this one. After watching Houston in person, I fell in love with the Cougars. But Wong and Pac have had me drooling over their talent all year for the Hurricanes and their roster. Miami is number one in the Ken Palm numbers. Miami ranks 33rd. The Hurricanes are 11th on offense. Houston is number four on defense. For Miami to stay in this one, their defense will need to be much better. Miami ranks 108th, lowest of any team in the Sweet 16. Meanwhile, Houston ranks eighth on offense. The Cougars went nine and two against top 50 teams this year. Miami went seven and four. Houston played lights out in the second half to beat Auburn. Miami has won without, you know, really an above average offensive effort. Only one of the seven losses this year for Miami was by more than seven points. I could go either way with this play. I flip-flopped a few times, but in the end, I'm gonna play the Hurricanes plus the seven and a half over Houston. Next up on the card, it's in the South region again. Game number two there. I'm gonna play the Creighton Blue Jays minus the 10 over Princeton. So here I go again, betting against Cinderella, my family, and everyone else. Princeton, the 15 seed, beat my projected national champion, Arizona, in the first round, and then they crushed Missouri by 15 in the round of 32. The Taggers are 23-8 and on the season, six consecutive wins, Only Yale was able to beat them by double digits this season. The most impressive stat during the six-game winning streak, only 8.8 turnovers per game. Creighton, on the other hand, can be scary good. They beat three different Sweet 16 teams this year, UConn, Xavier, and Arkansas. Take away the six-game losing streak without the big fella playing, and the Jays would have been in the mix for a two or three seed. Princeton can rebound but Creighton will be the best defensive team that Princeton has faced in this tournament. Coach Mack tends to beat teams he's expected to beat in the tournament. I think the Jays steal the glass slipper and will advance to meet Alabama on Sunday in the Elite Eight. Give me Creighton, minus the 10 over Princeton. Then the final game of the card for you, Midwest region, game number two. It's Texas, minus the four over Xavier. So, I so badly wanted to back Xavier, but I just couldn't do it, even though they won four games this year against UConn and Creighton, two teams still playing, by the way. Texas went 10 and 5 this year against top 25 teams, 16 and 8 against top 50 teams. They have wins this season over Sweet 16 teams, Gonzaga, Creighton, Kansas State, plus toss in a couple wins over Kansas to dot the resume. The thing that gets me, though, is. Their leading scorer, Marcus Carr, started his college career at Pittsburgh back in 2017. Their second leading scorer, Jabari Rice, started his college career in 2018. Third leading scorer, Timmy Allen, started his college career in 2018. This is a turn-back-the-clock roster with veteran leadership. Five-plus years of college basketball for each of the top three Longhorns. Xavier is a solid club, seventh best team in offensive efficiency, but defensively not as strong, ranking 64th. Everything is bigger in Texas, including the Longhorn basketball team. I'm on Texas, minus the four over Xavier. So let's recap your card for a Friday. I'm on San Diego State, plus the seven and a half over Alabama. I'm on Miami, plus the seven and a half over Houston. I'm on Creighton, minus the 10 over Princeton, and I'm on Texas, minus the four over Xavier. So that's your card for a Sweet 16 Friday. Will it live up to the hype of Thursday? Well, we can only hope so. As always, manage that bankroll. Don't chase money. Have fun, and let's cash some tickets together. Good luck, everyone.
0: 18 plus.